and welcome to this episode of the J-Rod Sports Pod with me, James Robson and Ollie Dix. So today, Ollie and I are going to be having a quick look back at some of the main sports news and headlines from last weekend and looking forward to a packed weekend of sport. So let's jump straight into the conversation that Ollie and I are having about sport this week. Right, so Ollie, let's start with the um, let's start with the NFC Championship game because that was the first one on Sunday and one that we both stayed up to watch um, because it was quite good, wasn't it? Yeah, very good. It was very good. I think the I I did not intend to stay up, and then it got to you know the midway through the third and Brady had started to be like no I don't want to win this anymore started throwing punts Um, out for interceptions (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I was like oh is he gonna hang on (laughs) um and I I just I was lying there and I was like I can't stop checking my phone so I was like oh forget it I got my iPad out and like put it on the other side of the bed and just had it on playing and I was like if I have my eyes closed and I can still hear it that counts as sleep so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, I turned on. I watched a bit of the first quarter. I watched the first drives, and then had some dinner, and then um, like turned back on at the end. Basically, when Brady threw his first interception, and I was like, "Oh," and I was like, "Oh," <laughs> interesting um, again. I mean, ice cold on the betting front for me this weekend. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if I I, I, I whacked a couple of. Uh, safety bets on which uh which which hit to make me not lose too much money but um, yeah my uh my bills packers prediction for the super bowl <laughs> went real well yes um, please. <laughs> but, uh no i thought like uh, i mean what went wrong for those two teams then for you went in with a lot of okay no, no. well we'll start with green bay because it's the <laughs> Blatantly yeah. obvious one. Um, when you're on the eight-yard line and you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, when it's fourth down and you're losing by eight points, don't kick a field goal. Try and get yeah. a touchdown. Because yeah. if even I if mean, you even fail, if you turn it over, you're in, you, yeah. they, they've got to go 92 yards. I mean, who in there? Like Matt Lafleur is a is a moron. Like, how did anyone sit on the <laughs> sideline and think you know? You, you know what? What I want to do here is, with three minutes left in the game, I want to give the ball back to Tom Brady. Like, yeah, it, it, that's almost like the first rule of American football now is do not <laughs> give the ball to Tom Brady at all. Yeah, and expect to get it back with less than two minutes I mean, to go in a game. What was he thinking? I suppose the only thing in the I, the only way you could justify it is that they had all three timeouts and the two minute warning, so I think they felt like they had enough in their arsenal to, you know, um, slow the game down and save as much time as possible. And obviously Brady hadn't been playing that well in the second half. But my my thing is with Brady, um, right? It's like. You don't you you can't rely on him playing badly. You can't no. you can't no, and like, you can't agree, sit yeah. there and go, oh he's thrown three interceptions. He's probably going to throw a fourth. You think <laughs> he's thrown three interceptions? That's probably enough for him for the next two weeks, three weeks now. So yeah, he he'd not thrown one since week exactly. seven, and he's now thrown exactly. three. So don't don't go out there expecting him to give the ball back to you. 
Um, just like, just, just. I mean, also the thing that's come out that's crazy is that Aaron Rodgers didn't know that that, that was the plan. Because there's that, yeah, there's that's... that still of like him on third down looking to force a pass. Because he, along with, I think, literally everyone else in the world, assumed that he would still be on the field for the next down. Yeah. And so he was like, well, mm. but if he knew that he was being pulled off and they were going to kick a field goal, he probably would have run for that. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, I think you see in the, the difference between the two teams was their urgency to win. They both had situations, so the books had a situation at the end of the first half where it's, I think it was fourth down, the punt team come on, they call a timeout, Brady's got his big Wenger jacket on, nice and toasty, keep that blood flowing. And they, Bruce is like, actually no, we, we've got a matchup we like here, let's go, let's go and try and really change this game, really go into half time, like up. And obviously Brady throws that lovely pass to Scotty Miller. He, he's and that changes. He's got. Oh, but he he's quick. <laughs> um, yeah, he fast, fast. Some um, of the comments coming out about him are, are absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Have you seen? Um, what did he go on? He went on the thing with Dion Sanders. Well, which show did he go? Whose show did he go? <laughs> he was like, he's most of the time like he's not a brother but boy that boy yeah. can move yeah yeah he's like you know he went on Dan Patrick's show I think this week and was like I'm the fastest guy in the NFL I could beat anyone and everyone's like oh yeah. why has he suddenly come out with this and it's like he's always like he's always been that fast but it's just because he's white no one expects it everyone's like meh yeah, he's gonna be slow <laughs> Um, and then and then you know and then the books force that and go for it and then at the end of the game like you said the Packers didn't really have an urgency to try and get points on the board Um, and and ultimately that's what it came down to that Buccaneers defence though man yeah 100% what was it two turnovers that the Packers Mm. had and what they had I think they had 14 points off it whereas the three interceptions that they had they got three points off them yeah, or yeah, two field goals. I think it was, but yeah, exactly. Like, so uh, that that Todd Bowles has got that defense playing super, super well. One hundred percent. What else? A defense that didn't play very well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Bills. Yeah, <laughs> not much control. Um, I mean, you can't really. It's not really a surprise, no. was it? No, it's not. But, it's not a surprise at all because the the Chiefs are, I mean, savagely good. What I think was, to me, slightly surprising was. It 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 looked like Josh Allen had a good game, but not a great game, and that was where I wanted. You wanted, I mean, like the greats there step up, and put the team on their back and somehow get them over the line, like. They have gears to yeah, go. Yeah, like Brady they? didn't have a great game, but somehow he managed to lose the time of possession, lose the turnover battle, but still win. Yeah, and that is something that Josh Allen hasn't hasn't shown yet. But I mean, that that has to come. For sure, with and I think I mean, if you're a Bills fan, you're you're pumped because you know you made the playoffs last year, AFC Championship game this year. 
And if Patrick Mahomes hadn't signed a 10-year, half-a-billion-dollar deal, you'd be like, here we go, Super Bowl next year. Um, I, I don't think it's um, unrealistic to think in this next decade that they make the Super Bowl and have a chance of, of winning it. Yeah. I, I just think, I it's think got, like, it's gonna have there's going to be... For sure, but I think there's going to be, out of this next 10 years, there's going to be two or three years where Mahomes doesn't play. Mm, maybe. I think basically, like through injury, whether it's entire years parts or of. whatever, parts of, where the Chiefs just aren't the Chiefs and another team in the AFC gets their chance. Yeah. And, you know, that's what it's going to come down to, who takes advantage of that. Do you see Cole um, Beasley at until- the end of the season with a broken leg? Yeah, I think it was his fibula. What an absolute it savage. Was... I stubbed my toe. I'm not quite sure. I was like, well, I might you get me some crutches. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy's out there cutting and running on a broken leg. What's going on? Yeah. I mean, I'd love to know what he was on. I bet he was on some good oh, drugs. I bet he was on all of the drugs. <laughs> um. But yeah, I think for me the Chiefs never looked out of control, even when they were nine nothing down. Um, they never looked out of control, mm. um, but didn't look. I still don't think we've seen them in there in top yeah, gear. Yeah, it just seems like they've coasted a lot this season, <laughs> which is yeah. scary. Um, but it does, and whether that's just actually that's a like the last season they were at such a height and were playing so well that actually it's hard for them to get back to that point or whether that's actually this is their new level and they're not as unbeatable as they were before. I think how quickly Mahomes recovers from his, is it turf toe? Is that what they call it? Yeah. Um, Will be like so important for them because he's going to need to be very mobile uh, in what, 10 days time. Um, especially with that book's front four. Uh, we're going to break down and, and go through some stuff for the for the Super Bowl uh, next week. But I think one, like, I'm so excited for... You've got Rob Gronkowski and Travis Kelsey, two of the greatest tight ends, I think, ever to play. And Tyreek Hill and Miller, who are just, like, two of the fastest guys that we've ever seen on a football field. It's just it, it's 100%. like the, the old and the new, of both of both positions. But I think the Buccaneers have got the old tight end and the new wide receiver, and the Chiefs have kind of got the old wide receiver and the new tight end. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be interesting. I mean Miller wasn't even supposed to play. It's only because Antonio Brown didn't play that He's Miller got, got reps. And so actually, you know, there's I think there, there'll be question marks as to how much Scotty Miller plays. Than the Super Bowl, which is a crazy thing to say, given how much of a deep threat he is. But actually, you know, would you rather have Antonio Brown out there, or would you rather have Scotty Miller out there? And that's a that's a debate in your head that you're like, well, geez, you know which one you want to pick, but there's a it's an urge to to go with Miller at times, you know. So it'll be very interesting, like they have all season, as to how the books can balance all of their wide receivers, because Godwin and Evans were were elite on Sunday. Godwin, Evans, A B, Scotty Miller, yep. Gronk. Yeah. 
I mean, that's obscene. Yeah. I mean, I uh, I want to say Burke, but that might, might might not be right. But the other tight end, he he gets a mm. lot as well because every focus is everywhere else. That Brady's like, well, he's wide open. No one cares about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's. it's but then you've got be people really like Le'Veon Bell on the other side who's coming back from a knee. You've got Michael Hardman. You've got Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You got that that um, who's that new running back for them for the Chiefs Williams. Oh uh, like, yeah, he's just suddenly come out of absolutely nowhere and been taking it everywhere. I mean Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. You got two high high powered offenses, which is going to make it hopefully an entertaining Super Bowl. Right, let's quickly turn our attention to some other NFL news. Um, and a bit of a strange situation going on in, in Houston. They have hired a new head coach. I think his name's Cully. Yeah. Daniel Cully. David. David Cully, who was the yeah. uh, passing game coordinator and assistant head coach for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Um, Deshaun Watson, who's their starting quarterback, has had no contact with Nick Casario, their new general manager. They haven't spoken at all. Uh, and apparently this information about Cully being the new head coach will not, has not and will not change Deshaun Watson's mind about playing in Houston. And he has officially requested a trade. I think this is this is kind of yeah. strange for, for us over here because in in the Premier League and things like that, we're not used to seeing the players essentially having the power to orchestrate a move when they want to. I mean, to some extent, Meza Ozil has a little bit, but I mean, when have we seen... He only really had like control over where he wanted to go. It was very much Arsenal that decided that they didn't want him anymore, wasn't yeah. it? But I mean, like it's it's well within reason to assume that Deshaun Watson could force his way out in the same way that I mean James Harden did from the Houston Rockets I mean everyone's trying to get out of Houston at the moment and you know who knows where he's going to end up but I mean it's a very very strange situation and one that I think cannot be fixed unless he goes uh, yeah I mean it's it's very strange what, what they're doing down there in Houston you know I mean Cully is no one expected that. Okay, he's got like I think it's twenty-seven years of NFL coaching experience, so he's not a stranger to the game. And like they, they obviously did their due diligence on him. But I, I just don't get how it's not the enemy. I, I really find it really hard to understand why teams haven't gone. The Chiefs have dominated for the past three years. Let's go and pick them apart. Like, why Why would you not go and pick them apart? One, even if it doesn't work out for you, they're probably not as good. Mm. Two, if it does work out for you, well, great. <laughs> you know, and I don't think there even is a three. Like, and and that's the thing. And, like, you look at the... If I said to you, oh, pick a passing game in the NFL, how high would the Ravens be? Yeah, I mean, mid. Middle at best. Yeah. Exactly, and so like it's strange that it's not like it's a something that he's excelled at, 
Um, they're keeping their own offensive coordinator, so Cully doesn't even get decisions on that. They've already decided on potentially bringing in um, a special teams coach that Cully has had no say on. So it seems very strange that this is a situation where anyone fancies, you know, going into. And I'm really excited for the quarterback sweepstakes. That it's going to very much be like, you know, Jared Goff was told that they're going to look to move him out of LA. Well, they said that during camp there'd be an open quarterback competition between him and John Wolford was what I saw. Well, so, you know... John the, Wolford was a financial advisor not, last year. <laughs> if they're not set on page. Goff, you know, that's incredible. Um, you know, so, like, it's going to be a merry-go-round as to who, so who, who so gets who have what. So we, we got? I mean, Dak. Yep. Interesting. He doesn't have a team. Doesn't have a team. Uh, Carson Wentz, and if you don't yep. get rid of Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts, because you're not going to yep. sit, you're not going to have both Tri- of them on the team next year. No, Matthew Stafford, Trubisky, Trubisky, yep. Jared Goff, yeah, Deshaun Watson, Cam Newton, Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. Like obviously you're going to players now that aren't necessarily Teddy starters. Bridgewater? But, How you much know, of a deal does Teddy Bridgewater sign? He's got a couple of years really? left, I think. Um, yeah, Sam you Donald. look at Donald. Yeah. Does Don? Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, Matthew Stafford's going to be a really interesting situation. Yeah, where does does Matt Ryan stay in Atlanta? I don't think this is the first time. I think in a, in many many years maybe potentially ever that we've had this many quarterbacks go right you go here you go here you go here I'll leave you go you know I don't think I could name half of the starting quarterbacks for next year like I could name like I could name them but like I don't know where they play <laughs> no no like, yeah for like, sure seriously like there's very very you know. few like that are set because even the, even people that we think are set aren't set like you would, you would have come th- out of the yeah. season going. Tua Tagovailoa probably is the guy for Miami moving forward. Mm, yeah, unless but, a trade happens. You know. Yeah. Who's going to start in New England? If Matthew Stafford comes to New England, I'd be so happy. I think that's like out of the frying pan and into the I fire. I'd be so happy. I can understand that, but there's still no offensive weapons there. I'd be so happy. The only good thing is that, given the amount of players that like, um, declined their option last year to play, that you've actually got almost impact players mm. coming in already. Yeah. Which I think is exciting. And obviously, and there's so much cap space. Yeah. Um, which is incredible. But yeah, like like you said, like Indianapolis... They're gonna need to get someone, and I don't think the draft is deep enough no. this year for them to go. I think they want to win now. Yeah. I mean, um, New Orleans. I d- can't. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, is that Winston's yeah. team? Who knows? You know. You have to sign who, him to who a knows? deal anyways, and because didn't he only sign a one-year, one million dollar deal? Yeah. I, I mean. The school for to the school of quarterbacking. Yeah crazy it's like some of the young guys you're like your your job is most secure like you look at it like josh allen his job his job's secure 
Kyler Murray, his job secure. Justin um, Herbert. Who's a Chargers Justin boy. Herbert, his job yeah. Man, I watched an interview with Brandon Staley, who's the new Chargers head coach this week. Impressive guy. Very Impressive good. guy. Yeah. I think he's going to be really good. I think the Chargers are a team... Like, with all these AFC... I feel sorry for Anthony Lynn. these AFC teams, I'm just like... How much do you wish Patrick Mahomes wasn't there? It, this must be what it feels like when we had Tom Brady in like two mm. thousands. It was just like, ugh, we're never going to get to the Super Bowl because he's always going to be in the championship game, and we're going to have to go to we're going to have to go to Gillette and beat. Well, imagine, imagine the times when it was Brady and yeah. Manning. Mental. Like, <laughs> I you'd just stay in the mm-hmm. NFC, wouldn't you? No wonder there was a merry-go-round of NFC teams coming in and uh, to the Super Bowl. But yeah, I think the NFC is definitely the place to be at the moment. I think it seems more open because there isn't anybody that's miles above the rest. I mean, if the Packers had won, I would have um, said the Packers are. Because they went, what, they, what yeah, they but, 13 and 13-3 this year? Second straight NFC they, championship. They had a very strong... Like, yeah. What? Oh, the 49ers. Do they keep Garoppolo? Wow, yeah. You know, like, it's just another one that there's everyone that just, that, yeah, the whole NFC, I think, is going to look really different next year, except the NFC East, which will still be Trash. completely garbage. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Right then, the other big news that, well, the other news that came out of the, the Premier League um, at the beginning of this week was that Frank Lampard has been sacked as Chelsea boss, replaced by Thomas Tuchel, who was nice. at Borussia Dortmund and then at Paris Saint Germain. Uh, good hire? I don't know. I want to say no. Why? I think because like success in Liga One is often predetermined. Yeah. Like Pochettino will win the league this yeah. year. And it is has nothing to do with his managerial mm-hmm. skills. Very little to do with his managerial skills. You know, it's an expectation. If you don't, it's a massive failure. At Dortmund obviously he had a good time with like the likes of uh, Pulisic, so I think that'll be a good relationship for them to get on with. Um, and I think obviously Thiago Silva, he'll he'll join. So I think there are guys there that really like him. If I'm being honest, I want to give us a bit of a shout out here because whilst we didn't see this one necessarily coming, we've definitely foreshadowed the fact that we said Rooney needed time at Derby. Yeah. You know, Gerard got time at Rangers someone who has not got time or did not have time yeah. was Frank. And and I I do feel sorry for him because I don't know where he goes next. Yeah. And and that's the thing. I think Chelsea have got a lot of big problems to do. I think they need to find an identity. I don't think they can keep playing the same system of like five attacking midfielders. Um, and I, there's rumours apparently that they're going to try and sign Alaba and Haaland this summer look if you go out and spend that's going to cost you hundreds of millions Um, so I don't think that's the 
They're not lacking fire solution to their problems. <laughs> no, it's not. No, no one looks at that team and goes, um, "If Timo Werner could hit the target, no one's looking at that team going, yeah, you know what? They're they're in dire need of uh, some more firepower here." And I, actually, I think there are big question marks over to whether they, if he gets them into Europe this year, he's done an mm. excellent job. Because it's not going to be no, easy, especially with Liverpool going into the Europa League. Yeah. <laughs> um, with with Frank, it's a, it's a strange one because like again, like linking back to the NFL, like we're quite used to seeing head coaches going, like being given a head coaching job early and then going to be a coordinator somewhere. You don't necessarily yeah. see that as much in football. Like I don't know whether Frank could go and be an assistant coach somewhere else. Uh, uh, yeah. He might be a head coach for a lower team or something like that. Or, but I, I, you know, if he could go up and if he could go and just earn his stripes a little bit more, you know, go to somewhere where he could just kind of hone in on the kind of manager that he wants to be, as opposed to trying to win that. Like, because I, I saw an interview. I was listening to the High Performance podcast with. Steven Gerrard and he was like I didn't know what I was doing at the start in Rangers he's like it was an opportunity that was so good that I couldn't I couldn't pass it over but like I'm going on a journey with these guys like they're learning about me but I'm learning about how I'm going to be a manager and it's very different Generally. to being a player you can't just be like oh I'm Frank Lampard the player the Chelsea legend yeah um, and he's now been there for 150 games I think yeah. at Ibrox and which is doing too badly, you know, massive like, for him they no, they're not. Yeah, something like that, and then like twenty-six points clear. I think the thing, like you said, with the NFL is, and I would say there's often the only person that I could probably relate this to is we always talk about the the coaching tree of Belichick or of Andy mm. Reid, and actually I think of the one of Mourinho where he's had like he had uh, Brendan Rodgers as as an assistant, Di Matteo, um, I think. Uh, Martinez was there at a time and they've then gone off and done their own things and you know had bits of success and then dips and then back again and I think that's where like uh, yeah I just I hope Frank can find an opportunity like that where he can sit behind someone um, and you know learn lots even if he went it wouldn't I don't think it'd be a bad thing if he went somewhere like like Derby or Rangers. Yeah, I was just thinking like go and just and be, just go and, and just be Stephen Gerrard's mate and see what's see what's happening and kind of yeah, just sit there. Like enjoy the fact that you're a football coach as opposed to having to stress out about what Roman Abramovich thinks sitting on his fourth yacht. Yeah, and I think like you said, the win now situation is so uncomfortable, especially at somewhere like Chelsea where they're they're used to sacking managers quickly. Yeah. You know, like it's it puts so much pressure on. And it, I saw. So do you think Sir Alex would have lasted in today's game? If you think back to the historical start or lack of that United had under Sir Alex, yeah, interesting. I'd, you bring that forward like thirty no, I'm, years. I'm probably not. Yeah, I think he goes I mean, out the door Wenger like as well. like Mourinho did and Van Gaal. Yeah, yeah I like think you look at Wenger, like. The, the patience, the longevity that he had at Arsenal it was phenomenal. Like, how, when have we seen a coach 
I mean, Pep is probably the closest we've got at the moment. How long has he been with City? Yeah. Uh, 20... Is it five years, six years? Yeah, 2015, 2016, yeah. I want to say. So that's probably the closest we've got. Whereas, I mean, what, Fergie was at United for 20-odd years. Yeah. But speaking of United... Which is just crazy. Um, <laughs> you know, their latest iteration of... Sir Alex, um, unfortunately, was handed his first loss since was it the first of November? Something like that. It's like it's, it's beginning been a of long November. time. Yeah, two-one uh, to the powerhouse that was Sheffield United. Um, <laughs> this is one of those things that I was like, this is overdue. Like this has to happen soon. They have to just like absolutely trip up and fall over themselves. And yeah, it came at the hands of Sheffield United. Who would have thought? Do you think that's like courtesy of like um, the last two out of their last three games being against Liverpool? Like such high emotional games um, and obviously coming out of those games quite well. Do you think that then there's definitely then a come maybe, down? Maybe. I th- I think it's Or do you think this is actually they've gone on such a good run that they need there needs to be some kind of balancing I, act now of their record? I think it's more of a sort of come down as opposed to an arrogance. Like they don't strike me as a particularly I mean their fans do. But they the the players and the, <laughs> the staff don't strike me as a particularly like arrogant side. It's not like they're thinking like, Oh my god, we're expecting to win everything now. Um yeah, I think I think it it must be hard coming from like getting some good results against Liverpool. Suddenly you're playing Sheffield United, who are struggling to find points, you know, struggling to buy a point at the moment. Like you must be walking in there going, yeah, we're probably probably going to win this one. Get this one over with, get home, get some dinner and get to bed. But yeah. those are the mo- like those are the moments that you've kind of got to be able to switch on and that was the one like Fergie's one thing was like when you 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 got to win when you're playing badly if you can win when you're playing badly you're probably going to be a really good team and that this United team hasn't done that Um, just quickly there's two teams that I want to talk to you about or ask what what your opinion is of unfortunately it's not Arsenal but I would like to argue that this team is your second team the mighty West Ham, yeah, currently sitting fourth in the yeah. league, uh, on thirty-five points, a point uh, in front of Liverpool. Um, played a game more. They've won four out of their last five games. Uh, I mean, is this just David Moyes doing Moyes-e doing absolute wonders, or or is this actually you know just a, a real strong team? And what's their potential going forward this season? I mean, potential. Who who knows? I don't feel like it's a flat. I don't feel like it's a. It's going to be. I mean, I still think where you know, what are they fourth now? I still think top ten would be a good, good result. Like you'd be happy with it. Moyes came out and said, I mean, he hasn't. He said. They have not scratched the surface yet, as they are still improving. So they're going to. So win they're the going to win the league. I mean, it's an artificial fourth place because you've got Liverpool a game 
a game in hand, one point back, and Tottenham two games in hand, two points back. And uh, Everton are there as well. Everton two, yeah, yeah, the same. the same as Tottenham, two games in hand, two points back. So realistically, if that's seventh, you're like, mm, okay, you're doing well. It's a good good for this time yeah. of the year. But I think the thing the the thing that separates teams is is the ability to play well for the whole year and uh, it's not just like who can get to Christmas in good nick or the end of January in good nick like the the stronger teams come to the fore at the end and, and I think that's uh, a trap that West Ham could fall into but I'm positive man I'm like let's go it's exciting let's get West Ham in yeah. the top let's get West um, Ham into Champions League football I mean, <laughs> let's, let's get that let's, Jesus. let's get that happening that would be epic wouldn't it uh, um, the second team I want to talk to you about is Manchester City, unbeaten in January. Um, recently played a, a good run of teams of Brighton, Palace, Villa, Cheltenham in the Cup and West Brom. Um, <laughs> they've, I think, only conceded once um, in the Premier League in January. Um, they play Sheffield United and Burnley next and then play Liverpool, Tottenham, Arsenal, West Ham, Man United. How important are these next two games for them to get as many points as they can? And is it almost theirs, theirs to is lose their now? To lose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I can't see anyone catching them. Yeah. Really? I just think that this is, they're going to put the hammer down now. Um, and start walking away with it because I think this the thing that sets them up, sets them apart is their ability to beat not very good teams convincingly. Yeah. You know, to beat West Brom five 0 West Brom would have played the exact same way they did against Liverpool. Yeah. You know, and then you've only um, got to have a handful um, of those games against the top sides to fall your way to then be exactly. in a very very commanding position which I think City are in so no I think I think everyone's fighting for second now it's it's one of those things that you know as soon as City hit the front everyone else is fighting for second right then thank you very much for listening to that episode of the J-Rod Sports Pod looking back at an exciting weekend of sport Join us next time when we're going to be taking a look back with Sam Corti at the F1 season and then next week when we're going to be looking back at a massive weekend of Premier League football. But until then, please make sure that you be a friend and tell a friend about the J-Rod Sports Pod.